We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Hey, everyone. It's Tony. Before we get into tonight's show, I just want to remind you once again to go to your favorite podcatcher, hit subscribe, and leave us a happy review. You know those happy reviews help us rise in the charts so more people can enjoy the show just like you. When you're done doing that, go to Facebook and Twitter and give us a follow and a like. We also have a new Facebook fan page where you can join the conversation about these shows. I would really encourage everybody to go join that group. If you want to be on the show, there's two ways to go about doing that. You can either email me directly at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com or you can go to the website, which is theconfessionalspodcast.com. Go to the connection section and you can email me that way as well. I really hope everybody enjoys the show. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of the night. You guys hear that? Welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and I am really glad that you're here. And I am really glad to be here. I am happy to tell you that I didn't hit anything this week at work like I did last week, two times. So uh, no, it was a great week at work. Everything went smoothly. It went fast. And to top it off, I don't have to go to work next week. I'm on vacation, which is great. So thank you for all the messages and emails that I got from everybody wishing me well this week because all your well wishes worked. I had a good week and I thank you for that. I wanted to give a quick shout out to a guy on Facebook who has been sharing our page like crazy. Every almost, It seems like almost everything we post, he shares. And it's great. It's awesome because it helps raise awareness of the show. His name is Ruben Canchola. I, Ruben, I really hope I'm, I'm sure I'm butch, butchering your last name. But Ruben, I really appreciate everything that you've been doing on the Facebook page, sharing the show and all that. It's been great to see your participation in our community is what helps it grow. And I wanted to just give a quick shout out to you because you've been doing a phenomenal job with just sharing our material and what we do. And that actually kind of leads me into the next topic here, the next line of events. I don't know if anybody was on Facebook this week and saw that we posted that we actually reached number 16 on iTunes. Number 16. 
That's incredible to me. So here's how this works. We have uh, labeled ourselves underneath the category of natural sciences on iTunes. And within that category, iTunes ranks the top 200 podcasts within that category. And we reached number 16. Like, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And it only happens because of people like you out there listening to the show right now. I really appreciate you guys tuning in on a weekly basis, listening to the show and sharing it with others, read, uh, rating and reviewing the show. Like all that stuff matters. And it shows that you guys have actually been doing it because we were climbing in the charts and I was like, this is fantastic. And we continue to climb in the charts. So thank you to everybody that is taking the time to rate and review the show and share it and taking an hour of your week every week to listen to this show. That itself kind of struck me this week when I saw how we were rising the charts and what actually goes into that. I started thinking, here I am putting out a show for people to listen to, hoping that it entertains them, educates them, and inspires them. And they're choosing to give me an hour of their life a week to listen to the broadcast. And that just amazes me. It humbles me. And I just want to let everybody know, I really appreciate everything that you do. Like we're doing this together. I'm not the one making the show rise in the charts. You are, you're the one doing it. So from me to you, I want to thank you for doing all that you do for the show. Thank you. So tonight we're actually going to be bringing in our segment titled Trending from the Fringe. Cody Fisher came up with that a few weeks ago and we really liked it. So that's the new segment title, Trending from the Fringe. And we're actually going to be talking to Tony Rosencraft from England. He's going to be sharing some great information. So let's get to it. All right. And we're introducing the new segment, Trending from the Fringe. And I have with me tonight, Tony Rosencraft. He runs the YouTube channel King Willie on YouTube. Go ahead and check it out. He covers a lot of cool topics and trending topics from uh, a different side of, I guess we can just call it a different side of reality. So, Tony, how are you, man? I'm pretty good. Thanks, Tony. Uh, we're both Tonys. That's uh, everybody out there in uh, YouTube land. Yes. I, and to be honest with you, uh, this week's show, I almost had another Tony on for another interview. So we've been three Tonys. Uh, oh, that's, that's pretty good. I was going for the trifecta, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll uh, handle it with two today. Um, so you have a YouTube playlist called What the Hell is Going On in Antarctica? And I stumbled across it a few weeks ago, and I really liked some of the things you were talking about because you were just running through information. You, you found articles and you were reading them to your audience and you were just kind of sharing uh, what the latest is. And, you know, I'm bringing you on today for our new segment, Trending from the Fringe, to just kind of talk about what's going on in Antarctica. You know, could you give us some highlights as to, you know, where this all started about the rumors, what's going on today? And, uh, you know, just let us know what you think. Yeah, well, there's so much there is so much going on at both poles the antarctic and the arctic um i think with the arctic the antarctic you've had all the world leaders going there recently and you've had things like this character called patriot krill who's like the russian orthodox version of the pope and john kerry um i know the british prime minister um the one before uh, david cameron went there and there's why 
this is the question. I mean, it's like, um, do you, what? I, ha, I have this theory that the, I, I guess the 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 alternative um, kind of out there theories about alter, uh, um, aliens, possibly discovery of lost civilizations. If I was being a cynic and I was being pr- more practical, I'd say it's to do with money. Um, Antarctica is a vast land source. If the if the ice is melting, there are all the resor- resources under that ice shelf that you've got anywhere else in the world, i.e. gold, diamonds, rare metals, uranium. <laughs> you know, um, but of course, why, why then though do you have people like the, um, the this character, the, uh, the 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 Archbishop of Moscow going there? Um, it's you can understand why, and there's a big military presence there as well. It's a vast. Do you know it's twice the size of America, Antarctica? Yeah, it's absolutely huge. It, it is huge, and uh, I guess it's like the amount of people that have been there are the same that have been to the moon. It's a very small, and you're not allowed to fly over it. Uh, there's room for possibility, and you have people like Admiral Byrd, and then you hear stories of did the Nazis have? Well, they definitely had a base there called New Schwabia. Um, and you have these crazy theories. Did Hitler? Because um, the, the the theory is that he survived the Second World War and escaped to Antarctica. Were the Germans clever enough fifty years, sixty years ago to, you know, maintain a base there? Well, who knows? But um, you have you have Admiral Byrd went there with this thing called Operation High Jump uh, two years after the war with essentially a battle group with submarines and airplanes and i think 13 ships and he was supposedly there for a year and came back three months later with his tail tucked between his legs and you hear stories of battling ufos and it's i guess it's one of those things it's like the amazon rainforest there is possibly nothing there apart from trees but there's room for mystery and you hear there's lost cities and gold and tribes that can do god knows what uh, you know temples of the monkey king and all there's all of that room for possibility and it could well it could very well be that it's something as simple as a shed load of money but and I'm sure that's something to do with it. But the Russians, they've they've drilled down two meters to this lake called Vo- Lake Vostok in the middle of Antarctica, and there was talk of them battling this um, this like huge octopus that lived under the ice, which is like something straight out of Jules Verne. And then you have you have the theories of the inner Earth as well, and they're not just theories that science fiction writers have. The the inner Earth, I mean. All native tribes, as well as, as well as, as uh, that I know of, have these theories that we came. A, a lot of them say from the stars. A lot of them say from the inside the earth, and the Hopi and people like that say, "Well, we came from the inside of the earth." We literally, and they don't mean it like in a euphemistic sense, like God created man out of dust. They mean no. We, they talk about journeying through caves thirteen days into the center of the earth to meet the people that live under the earth, the, the Nephilim or the Anuki or, or you know, um, whatever whatever it is that they their ancestors that they come from. And it's such a strange concept. But for most of our history, we kind of believed stuff like that. I mean, science sort of says that, no, everything's come to the full, a full stop. We know everything. But for most of our 
history life our stories have not been like that they've been about you know people that can walk on water and perform miracles and heroes with swords that have a destiny of their own and all these kind of crazy magical things that 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 feed the spirit whereas today's modern world doesn't seem to want to do that they seem to want to destroy the spirit if nothing else you know yeah absolutely and you know, that's the kind of thing that I often wonder is, is this like the next step in humanity trying to find the, the next best thing? You know, is it like they got bored with the traditional mindset of things and they're trying to look for something else? But, uh, you know, going back to the whole UFO thing, do, I know you've probably heard of this, but what do you think? Do you think the UFOs could could have been German UFOs that they battled down there? Um, you mean as in the Nazi party had UFO technology and that they moved it there and they've survived. And that I don't think so. Okay. I, I think, no, I, I don't. I mean, after the war, there was the operation paperclip and essentially if the Russians, the, the Germany was to the victor go the spoils. So Germany, the, the skill and the, I mean, before the war, German was a, Germany was the superpower of the world. It was like America was after the war, as it were, and Britain was in the Victorian times. They were a superpower. But all of that technology, all of that thought, basically the Russians had half of it and us, the, the Allies, had the rest. And I think if there would have been UFO technology – well, perhaps, who knows, perhaps Jack, some of them went to America, uh, some of these uh, scientists and Jack Parsons and people like that were working with them. And you got to the moon and, you know, perhaps that will, but actual, a, a surviving German base. I mean, there are rumors of it. And who knows, it's very difficult. I was born, what, 25 years after the Second World War ended. I'm not of that generation that was connected to that. I don't really have much of a clue about the industrial power of Germany apart from what you see on TV. I mean, I know they were trying to develop nuclear weapons and perhaps they were trying to develop jets. Um, so I think it's probably a big leap to think that they, they were the ones behind the UFO technology if it exists you know, sure. um, and the UFOs seem to be more or less benign. You know, when you see them on TV and they're doing all these crazy zigzag patterns and the jet pilot fighter pilots are saying, well, we can't fly like that. But yet they, they can do these crazy movements and they seem to do, do things that defy our science. Well, if the German Nazi party could do that, they'd sure shit be fighting us. I would imagine and trying to do what they did years ago and trying to take over the world. You know, I, right. I'm pretty sure they would they would be doing that. I mean, you know. Um, yeah, then you enter into the all the uh, the conspiracy theories as to why they would be waiting and holding back and waiting for the right time for a new world order and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've heard people trying to tie, tie Antarctica in with all that stuff, and I just I find it fascinating. I, th I think going back to what you said, it's because Antarctica is the it, it's like the last frontier. You know, it, it's unexplored. It has mystery, and so all these these theories are just flying around about it. Well, there, there are tantalizing little bits that there could be all of that there. You know, they're, they're, I mean, the, the Nazis definitely, I think, built a base there or tried to build a base there. But I came across, I'm up to, I think, part 12 of my what's going on in Antarctica thing. And I, I think one of the last ones I did was about this German guy that actually found the actual map where the German U-boats would go under the ice shelf into you hear people that were on the boats talking about, you know, the inner earth. And 
what, you, and what does it, I mean, it's like you, people that have had encounters with UFOs. What does it profit them? to make this stuff up they generally become outcasts in society and people just think they're crazy what would it profit what does it profit people to make up things that is that are so far out there that it's just essentially going to make them outcasts and in some cases despised and shunned by people um right you kind of have to take them at face value a little bit and it's shocking to do that and it definitely challenges the mind oh yeah absolutely and you have to be willing to go go there and be comfortable with yourself to go there mentally uh, to think and about that. And that things. isn't easy as well on some of these things. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it definitely expands your mind. Uh, thanks for coming on here. Before we get moving on with this segment, I wanted to ask you, you brought up before about the ice melt and revealing um, gold and diamonds or whatever. Uh that is something I never really thought about nor heard. Is that something you thought of on your own or did you hear that somewhere? Because I think it's a very possible, really a real thing because we, we have bases down there. Several countries have bases down there now. And if ice is melting, maybe they're trying to figure out who this land belongs to now. Well, I think as always, it will go to whoever claims it and has got the military muscle to to keep it and i mean you you look in the congo where the diamonds are and things like that it's whoever's got the the guns and is prepared to fight for the diamonds are the, are the guys that own it you know uh who's who's the guy that um in uh bush junior uh baby bush uh george bush jr his cabinet said well the the, the arabs they've, they're sitting on our oil you know it's it's a perspective isn't it you've got these uh who would have thought that under the arabian desert there would be <laughs> wealth beyond imagination and apparently there are vast deposits of coal under under antarctica and got it's a huge continent it's bigger than australia and australia is full of rare earth minerals um and if the ice is melting apparently according to science for most of antarctica's history it's been a rainforest and if the if the if the ice does melt although our civilizations are in trouble antarctic will the antarctic will go green it will again become, you know, uh, perhaps a forest again, the, the, the size of, you know, twice the size of America, um, perhaps and it, as it was perhaps in the past. Perhaps that's where civilization will go again. Our lives are so – you've got trees around where I am that have been alive for a thousand years. And what we live, what, for a hundred years? It, our perspective on time is not – the planet's perspective on time is it, right. and it has its own agenda, and it's different to it's you know it's different to ours. Um, it would be nice to live for forever to see these things happening. It's a fascinating. Um, I mean, if we if we if if the ice melts and we're we're running out of oxygen, well, Antarctic goes green and starts produ producing oxygen and absorbing more carbon dioxide. Perhaps it'll everything will balance itself out, and there'll be no environmental problem at all, apart from sea, the sea the sea levels going up fifty feet or whatever it is, or some crazy amount that they talk about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Maybe that's the uh, the new place civilization civilization will go. Uh, but only time was hell. And like you said, our, uh, our view on time is so skewed. So, well, there, there was, um, have you heard of a guy called Garth Morrison? He wrote the invisibles. He's a British comic, um, comic book writer. I haven't heard a of Scottish. Him. Well, he, he wrote the, he's a very famous comic writer. Well, relatively famous comic book writer. And he had this dream where aliens invited, invited him to go to Morocco and speak to them. 
And he went there and I met these aliens in a dream, so he says. And they said, well, we view you as worms that move through time. Like you think of yourself, Tony Merkel, right now, 30 tubes in your home. But we see you from when you were born into where you are now as like a, something that moves through time. We exist outside of time. You get the, it's a quite a quite a genuinely science fiction. Oh, that's quite a scary perspective type of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, like that science fiction film with uh, Tom Cruise in recently, where the aliens were resetting every day to the beginning, and it's so. Oh, that really is an alien thought. Um, <laughs> and they are challenging. These things are challenging, you know. Um, Perhaps that's what aliens are. They're so challenging that we that they, they almost make you sick just to think about it. I guess that's where alien comes from, isn't it? They're not us. They're, they're, they're not us at all. Me and you can communicate like a house on fire. But aliens, oh, my God, that will make you sick as a parrot just thinking about it for two seconds. Sure. It's, it's, which is odd. Perhaps we should let them stay aliens, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Perhaps we shouldn't be trying to contact them at all. Just be happy with what we've got. Yeah, be happy that you're in existence. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, um, you can expand too much, can't you? There's something to be said for hanging on to what you've got. Right. Absolutely. Well, Tony, I really appreciate you coming on here. And, uh, you know, I really want to get you back on here for other topics as well and stuff. So I'll definitely have you back at another time. I've loved being on you, Tony. It's been great. Nice Thanks. to speak to you, bro. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Take care. Yeah. No problem. Speak to you later. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that segment of Trending from the Fringe. I really enjoyed talking to Tony. He has a great YouTube channel. You should definitely go check it out. It's called King Willie, W-I-L-L-Y, King Willie. Go check it out. He's got some great videos up there, and they, they're not real long videos. They're about five to ten minutes long. He runs through internet articles and just kind of reads them to you, shares his thoughts on it, and then lets you decide what you want to think. He doesn't tell you what to think. He just kind of gives you the information that he's reading, and I really like that about him. He's also just a fun guy to listen to. You can tell he's the kind of guy that just enjoys life, and I really appreciate that. So I always enjoyed his videos, and I hope you guys do too. Now, tonight's show, we're going to be talking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah has some great stories coming from the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. Now, I'm only about 45 minutes south of him, so maybe one of these days we'll get to meet up. I don't know. But uh, Jeremiah really comes through with some good stories to tell. He goes into some really good detail, and I know you guys are going to enjoy it, so let's get to it. We work hard at being healthier. What? And what we really need is better quality sleep. <sighs> The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Hey, Jeremiah. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for getting on, getting on the phone with me today. When you emailed me, at first you said that you really didn't have a whole lot, but you just wanted to share. And I said, dude, I'm all about listening to stories. And then when you sent me your, your story, it was, it was nice and long. And, and it, was, it was really uh, captivating. Like When I was reading through it, I was like, man, this guy's got a good story. So I definitely wanted to get you on the show and just uh, let you kind of just share with the audience what you've experienced. So you're actually not too far from me, actually. You're only about... I'd say about what a forty-five minute drive north of me. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. You're actually pretty local to me. Start us off with uh, Bethlehem. That's the first thing I saw in the email. So start me off there. 
Okay, well, what happened was my mother-in-law went on vacation to Florida, and uh, she asked us to check in every now and then just to see how the house was doing, make sure nobody was breaking in or the place didn't burn down. So <clears throat> we went over there, and it was, she has a pretty nice house, and we had dogs at the time. So it's so much easier for us to stay over there, so we just kind of hung out over her house for the, for the next two weeks. And uh, pretty much I was getting up for work one morning, and I was taking the dogs out to use, you know, to go pee and stuff like that. And when you go to the backyard where I, where I was staying at, her backyard is just a field. It's a huge playground. It has a soccer field in front of me. On the left-hand side is basketball courts. But in front of me, it's just a huge field that goes all the way back to this candy factory. And, uh, and so I let the dogs go out, and I'm walking down the driveway so they can go out into the grass and relieve themselves. And uh, I'm looking down just kind of lighting, lighting up a cigarette and I hear the dogs growling. And so I look up to see what they're growling at and their, their, their attention is directed like straight out in front of me, kind of. And their, their, their direction is, is that they're looking straight out towards the candy factory. And if you look out towards the candy factory, there's a fence that borders the whole factory. And about 10 feet in front of that fence, there's a row of trees that go along the whole edge of the fence all along the whole edge of that park. And so as they're looking straight out, I look out where they're looking, and these dogs are really like, they're like at the pit bulls. So they were kind of like in like attack mode. Their hair was standing up, their back end is up, and their front end is pointing straight ahead. And I'm looking over there, and I see something moving in between the trees and the fence. And as it's moving, my first impression was that it was like a big, huge white paper bag. The way it was moving, it was kind of, from left to right, it was kind of moving at a smooth motion, like as if the wind was blowing it, you know what I mean? And I thought it was a huge bag at first, and I'm like, my mind caught me for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a bag. And it looked like, I thought it was like a reflection of something. So I'm looking around to see if there's any cars going by, because at this time, it's like 5 o'clock in the morning, and it was still dark. And... There was nothing there. So I'm looking at this thing, and as it gets closer towards in front of me, I notice it looks like a person kind of moving along over there, you know? But the weird thing about it was was that it kind of looked like it was illuminated a little bit. Like, it wasn't just, it was like, almost like, like I said in the email, like if you take a laser in the dark and you blow your smoke through it, you can see the smoke kind of going around like it's, it's real white. It's, it's illuminated. You know what I mean? It, it looked, like, looked like that. It, whatever it was was illuminated out there. And it was moving along. And as it was moving along, it kind of looked like a woman to me. But the way it was moving, it was almost like it was carrying something. I don't know if it was like a jacket, a big jacket that it had, or a bunch of bags over her shoulders. But I, I couldn't really see the feet real well, but whatever she had in her hands was moving around. I know it sounds weird, but I can't explain. Like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. This is weird. And it was moving along, and I seen it for a good solid 10 to 15 seconds of the one from left to right in between the fence and the, the, the row of trees until it just disappeared. And when it disappeared, I was just standing there like in shock. And my first reaction wasn't like, oh, look, that's a ghost. But when it was finished, I was like thinking to myself, like, did I see a ghost? Like, I didn't know what just happened. And I went in the house and told my wife about it. And she's like, oh, you're crazy. And it, and it kind of got to me because usually when I say something, people believe what I say. So when I was telling her and she was looking at me like I was nuts, I'm like, look, I'm not crazy. You got to believe this. I think I just seen a ghost. 
and uh, that was pretty much it. I mean, once once that was finished, I was still there for like another week, another week, week and a half. And like I was out there every morning, just at the same time looking to see if I could see it again, because it didn't really scare me. It just left me wondering, like like why like why did I see it? You know what I mean? Like I wanted to. I don't know how to explain it. So like, why did I see it? So what you saw, you said it was all white completely. It was like a whitish grayish color, but it was illuminated. You know what I mean? Yeah, like was it was it illuminating from like within? Like was it self illuminating, or did it seem like some like something was almost like shining on it? Okay, the way you said it is kind of perfect. It looked like something was shining on it, kind of. But there was nothing around shining on it. That's trippy. You know, what I mean? it was just—it was just there. It was illuminated. I could see it was definitely—I could definitely see through it. It wasn't like it was solid. I could see through it. And this is probably like—I'm going to say—I'm not really good with distances, but I'm going to guess forty or fifty yards away from me. So I could see it really clear, moving through the trees. Each, like each tree was, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, about 10 feet apart. So I could see it as it was going behind the tree. I could see it behind the tree in between the tree and the fence. That's how I knew it was in between the tree and the fence. And it was just moving along real slowly. Like I couldn't see the feet moving. I can't remember seeing feet. But I remember it was moving along and it was just kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Like it was just, it was moving. The whole thing was just in motion as it was, as it was moving along. So was it kind of like it was gliding? Do you think is that is that what you kind of mean by, it, you know, moving? Yeah, yeah, it was like a real smooth motion. It's kind of moved along, and it was when it was like let's say you're walking in, if you're walking, and the wind's blowing and your shirt's blown and things are just moving around on you. You know what I mean? It was kind of like that. Like it was just it was moving along slowly, but whatever was on it was moving. And it wasn't a windy night. You said I can't remember if you said what the weather was like. It wasn't real windy. It was like, it was like in July. So it was, it was warm that morning. It wasn't real windy, but it was, whatever was on the ghost or whatever it was, it was moving like as if it was wind blowing it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Uh, did what, when you say something was on it, or I think you even said it, that almost looked like it was carrying something. Did it look like it was separate from the actual entity that you were looking at, or did it kind of look like it was part of it, but not like completely attached to it? I'm trying to just draw an image here as to what you were seeing. It was part of it, but it wasn't completely attached. You know what I mean? Like, like the way I said earlier, it was almost like the woman had like a, some kind, maybe like a, a towel wrapped around, and it was just moving, like the wind was blowing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's like, that. That's very, uh, very interesting. A jacket, scarf, something was on it as it moved along. Okay. And when you, when you said it disappeared, did it actually like disappear before your eyes, or did it almost like did it did it move behind something? Then that's how it disappeared. No, it disappeared right before my eyes. Just dissipated. Like it just disappeared. It was gone. Wow. So that's pretty shocking. That would that, be pretty shocking to see. Yes, I was, I was, I was, I was in shock. I mean, I was, just, I was stood there for like 15 minutes, like, 
Did I just see a ghost? And now when I when I when I went back and told my dad about this, now they his um his uh his wife at the time, she grew up in in the Pembroke housing, and there was rumors back then that parts of Pembroke was actually a cemetery. I don't know how true it was, but that's that's what I heard. I heard that from a lot of different people. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you if you knew the history of that property. Um, did anybody ever say how old the the cemetery was? No, I never. I never even asked. I mean, okay, because I, you know, I know a lot of new building, and I know Bethlehem pretty well, and I know it's an old city, but at one time it was a newer city, and it more than likely took over land that was inhabited by Native Americans, and so it makes you wonder if that grave was something to do or not grave, but a uh, possible graveyard cemetery was uh, maybe native American of some sort. Yeah, maybe. So that was your first experience. Uh, walk us into the next one. Okay. My next one was, let me think here a second. <clears throat> My next one was, I moved into a house in Allen, uh, an apartment in Allentown. And uh, as we were moving in, we weren't quite moved in yet. Like, I had a month to move in there. So I was going back and forth from the new house to the, to the new apartment. From the old house to the new apartment, just, like, painting and stuff like that and cleaning up and scraping, like, wallpaper and stuff like that. And uh, we were moving in. And uh, the one night before before we moved in, me and my wife had like a little argument. I forget what it was about. It was not real serious, but I was having a rough day. And I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm going to go to the new house. I'm going to sleep over there. So I left. And I took the new, I took the blow-up mattress with me. And uh, I get the blow-up mattress set up in the living room. I get it pumped up. I turn the lights out. Oh, I'm getting chills talking about it right now. <laughs> it wasn't like a real bad ghost experience but it's just what happened was just weird like right i uh i pumped everything up and i got ready i'm laying i'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to lay down on the bed and i put my phone down and I'm, i got my shoes off i laid down on the on the mattress and i wasn't thinking anything other than sleep like i was tired and so i lay down and i'm gonna say not even 10 minutes like out of nowhere it's like just this I just got this overwhelming feeling of just something bad, like just angry, like just something bad. Like it, it, it came over me so, so strong that I got up and I couldn't get my shoes on and get out of there fast enough. And it's, it's hard to explain the feeling that I felt. It was just, I can only say it with the tone of my voice. Like it was just bad, like just something bad. I had this, this, this feeling inside me that I just needed to get the heck out of there. And I got my shoes off and I took off and I just left. And I didn't say anything to my wife about it because I, I didn't know if it was just in my mind. I was like, I don't know if I'm just if I'm bugging out because I'm by myself. But it was just weird because it just came on suddenly, all of a sudden. And so I left. A couple of days later, I come back with my brother and we're moving a dresser up to the third floor. And as we're going up, we're, it, we're, in the, we're on the third floor and we're just standing there talking, you know what I mean? And out of nowhere, he's like his, his attention went off to, to the to the left into the hallway, and he's like, he's like, yo, I just thought I seen something. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I seen a shadow. I'm like, what are you talking? What do you mean you seen a shadow? 
He's like, he, all of a sudden, he just got real serious. He's like, yo, Jeremy, Jeremy, listen, we, we got to go. We got to get out of here. I see something. And he just took off out, down the hallway. Like, he was, he was out. And I followed behind him, and he starts telling me, yeah, I seen something. There's something in the house. I'm telling Jeremy, there's something in that house. I'm like, yeah, yeah whatever. Like, in the back of my head, I knew about what I felt that night. But I was, like, in denial because we were in a situation where we had to move in. It was our last option. We had to go. And it was real cheap rent. And I was kind of, like, in denial, you know what I mean? And so I didn't tell my wife about it. I didn't tell my wife or my kids. I didn't want to scare her and get her freaked out. And so finally we moved into the place. And uh, we didn't have a – we left our bed in the old house. And so we had a sofa bed we had set up in the dining room that we were sleeping on just, just until we got a bed to put upstairs. And after a couple of days, my wife starts telling me, she's like, I think I see an old man. Every time I look into the kitchen at night, I think I see an old guy walking from the bathroom over to the door next to the fridge. Now, in this apartment, when you're standing in the dining room looking into the kitchen, the bathroom was off to the right. And then off to the left next to the fridge, there was a door there that took you out to a hallway down to the fire escape to get out, get out of the building to call fire. And I told her, oh, you know, you're just seeing things, you're dreaming, blah, 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 blah. Like, I was just trying to completely downplay everything she was saying. Like, I didn't want to say, yeah, I saw something, too, and get her all freaked out. But I was kind of freaked out just by her telling me that she saw this old man walking. And then, then things just stopped. She stopped talking about the old man. I didn't get no more bad feelings. It was over. Like, it was done. And this was probably, this was in November when we first moved in. It wasn't until the next year, and I didn't even realize this until we actually moved out of that apartment. When I started looking back, I said, man, it, it was the next year. It was October, November at the exact same time when we moved in the year before that, where I came home from work the one day. It was just a normal day. And again, me and my wife sort of argued. We, we don't fight much, but I, that, it, it seems like it always happens. We were fighting about something. It was something dumb. And I was like, you know what? I really don't care. I'm going upstairs. And blah, blah, blah. So I went into the hallway. I went upstairs. And when I hit the second or third step, all of a sudden, this feeling came over me of just this bad feeling again, like just bad. And I was like, what the heck? And I didn't know what was going on. Like I had this feeling like somebody was behind me getting ready to like, try to kill me or something. It was just this feeling that I feel like I need to run. And so I started coming back down the steps. So I'm like, I just felt strange. I started coming, I started, I started coming back down the steps. So when I started coming down the steps, the feeling got stronger. And it was so bad that I started walking back up the steps towards my room and just looking back like I was in fear, like something was going to come up and try to get me. You know? <laughs> it was just weird how that happened. And I told my wife about that. Later on, I came downstairs. I told my wife, I said, look, when I went upstairs, I felt like something bad came over me, like almost like as if there was a ghost down there angry at me for yelling at you. So that's how it happened. I was yelling at her. I was yelling at her. It was almost like the ghost was downstairs, if it, if it was a ghost, yelling up at me like, don't you yell at her? Don't you talk to her? Like It was just a pure, I felt like a rage, like something was raging at me, you know? And so then... A couple of days later after that, I was in the house with my daughter. And uh, everybody left. It was just me and my daughter. And we were sitting on this big wicker kind of chair. It's like a big round chair with this big red cushion. We're sitting on together. And the back of our chair is facing those same steps. And out of nowhere, my daughter, she sits up and turns around and looks at the steps. 
And she turns back and sits. And I said, what happened? She's like, no, I thought I, I thought I heard some, someone, something. And I was like, what? And when she said that, I got that feeling over me again. But it wasn't a bad, bad feeling, but I felt it again. And I started getting goosebumps. And I didn't even, I didn't even dare to turn around. I just, I told my daughter, I said, you know what? Maybe it's time to go take a bath. So I took her over into the, into the, into the bathroom, gave her a bath because she was really young at the time. And that was it. After that, a few weeks, a few months later, we moved out of that place. And uh, as we were leaving, I went back in to just, just kind of check to see, make sure we had everything. You know, we didn't forget nothing. And in the dining room, about seven feet up, before you hit the ceiling, there's a little, a little ledge that sticks out about four or five inches, and it borders the whole dining room. So I kind of put my hand up there to kind of feel around and see if I missed anything. And I find this little piece of paper. It was a one of those papers you get when you go to a funeral and it tells you who the person was that died and stuff like that. And it was a paper of an old Spanish guy who had died sometime in the nineties, like in, in like in 95 or 96. And when I seen that paper, I was like, I wonder if this is the guy, like, <laughs> I wonder if this is the guy that maybe he's lived here and his spirit's here that that's what was kind of harassing us, harassing me. And so that was pretty much the end of that apartment. I mean, I was, so, let me ask you, when you felt bad uh, when you went over to the apartment to sleep that night and you, you had that overwhelming feeling, was it, was it a feeling of almost like um, evil or was it just something that just was like made you scared but not necessarily an evil feeling? It felt... Whatever... whatever like, I, don't know, I, don't know how to, I don't know if it was evil... But whatever it was, it just felt angry. There was a presence of something that was maybe you can describe it as evil. I mean, it, it was just felt bad. It's hard to it's hard to describe that in a feeling. Like when you it's like it's hard to compare it to something. Like if you took every thing you could ever get mad at, every fear you ever had, and just balled it up into one ball and put it and just throw it at yourself and like just feel it all at once. It just kicks you hard. Like, boom. Oh, like what the heck is that? I just feel this bad feeling comes in. It's hard to explain. I didn't, I couldn't see it. I never actually seen a ghost in that house, but it was just the feeling that I got when it happened. It just came over me. Like it was on me. I could feel it. It was just, I could, I could tell if it was behind me and I can tell as I walked up the steps that the feeling kind of went away as I was getting further away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel it. it didn't chase me up the steps, but it was down there. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I went up the steps, I could feel it lifting off me, the feeling going away from me as I went up. The further I went up, the more the feeling went away. And I didn't, like, like a lot of people, when they have ghost experience, they feel like the temperature change or they might smell a nasty smell. I, like, it was none of that. I didn't, I didn't walk into like a, a, a cool temperature in the hallway and get this awful smell. Like, whatever happened, it just hit me all of a sudden, you know? And there was no reason for it. Like, I can understand if I was doing something that I needed to be afraid of. I was just walking up the steps. So there's no reason for that feeling to come over me. That's why it was so shocking. Like, that's, not, that's why I felt that there was something there, you know? Yeah, and I find it interesting that everybody's seen something in that apartment except for you. You felt things, but you never saw things. Your daughter saw something. Your wife saw something. And did you say it was your friend or your cousin? But the person that was helping you moved in saw oh, something as brother. well. 
Your brother, that's right. Yeah. I've never seen anything. Did he ever describe to you what he saw other than just a shadow? Did he ever talk about it after that? No. Never. So was we were talking to, we were talking a little bit outside and he just said he just, he just saw a shadow and that was it. And it was just he had that fight or flight. I could see it in his eyes that day. He was like hey, we got, he started stuttering. We, 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 we got we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here, Jeremy. And he just took off I'm like, "Yo, like, he just left me here." So I, I took off down the steps after him. I'm like, "Here's my thing. Like, when after I left that apartment and realized what happened and when it happened, that's when I started thinking to myself. When you hear about sto- when I whenever I hear about stories like on TV and stuff like that, how things happen maybe at a certain time of the year. Like, if this, I feel like if this guy died there or whatever happened to him." happened at the time when I moved in that house that November because nothing happened after that and then the next year at that same time of year in November boom it happened again and then once that time of year was over it was gone there was nothing that's an interesting observation you made yep. because I, I, and I, noticed, uh, I noticed that in the, in the next house I lived in too and after I after I noticed that it was, it was, I, I, the next house I lived in, it was a couple of years. And I noticed kind of noticed the same thing like with, with that too. Like I, I feel like I feel like I don't feel like a spirit is following me because every experience that I've had was different, you know. But I feel like not just me, but my family is susceptible to seeing things. You know, like if we move into a house and something happened there, like I feel like somebody in my family is going to see it. And it kind of runs in my family because my grandmother was into like, I want to say, it sounds weird saying it, but she was kind of like into the voodoo thing. Like she's Puerto Rican down there. They call it like voodoo. Hmm. And I never actually seen her do stuff, but I know she had like a little store where she sold herbs and like stuff like that. And my dad would always say that that kind of stuff runs in the family. But it's not. It's not just me or my family. It's my wife. We're not blood related. We're not blood related. But she was seeing stuff too in the hallway. So it's like, like we're all something. We're all susceptible to seeing something. Yeah. Now, I mean that that in itself is very likely. I mean, I've heard so many stories of people suggesting similar things, and I, I often say that some people's sensitivity to this kind of thing is just more stronger than others. And maybe that's just something that kind of runs um, in your family. Uh, with your grandmother, you know, messing around with the voodoo and stuff, Do you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's something that could be uh, passed on through the generations, even though you haven't done anything with that stuff, but because it's in your family history and it's actually relatively close in your family history, it's your grandmother... Do you think that's something that could have been passed on? That is something that kind of came to my mind at one point, you know, because me and my brother, John, me and my brother and my father, all all my brothers, we always have bad luck. You know what I mean? (laughs) And this is stupid bad luck. Things happen to us. Like, our cars are always breaking down. We always have bad luck. And my grandmother would come to say to me, Jeremy, if you go to church, everything's going to go away. Everything's going to be fine. And I always took that as just, you know, go to church and be with God and you'll have a good life. But the more she would say that to me, the more I would wonder, like, what if there is something hanging around because of her? 
and she doesn't want to tell me, or she didn't want to tell me. She just wanted to tell me, go to church, and you'll be fine. Like I, I thought, of, I did think about that at one time. Have you ever tried uh, following through on her suggestion and seeing what would happen? Well, there, there was a time when me and my wife, when we, when we first got together, where uh, we used to argue a lot. And there was a guy that lived next to us that uh, he was into voodoo stuff too. Like he would come out his apartment, his apartment with, these, with these beads around his neck. He was really into the voodoo. Me and my wife started getting in there real bad one time. I told my dad, I said, look, I think something's going on with this guy. I, don't know, I feel like he's doing something to us. He was like, well, if you think he is, what you got to do is you got to get the 23rd Psalms. Either, either get the Bible or write it down. Write it down yourself and put it in a place where you're going to walk past it all the time. So in that particular apartment, I did that, and I, I put it up on the refrigerator. And I kid you not, when I put that up, everything stopped. And in our house now, we have a Bible. My, my wife's father's Bible is out with the 23rd Psalms open. They always leave it open all the time. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that's... As far as religion goes, I, I was raised in church. But I never actually... I understand the Bible and stuff like that, but I never actually became a hardcore, like, devoted Christian, you know what I mean? Like, I hear that a lot, you know, people suggesting that, you know, having a certain scripture on the refrigerator or, you know, in, in a previous episode you heard the the guy, he said that he actually got, um, I think he said it was Psalm 19 tattooed on his leg. I think it, he said it was Psalm 19. He had the whole chapter tattooed on his leg. And um, he said that similar thing when he did that, he's been good for the last two years. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting, um, thing that I've been noticing that people find as a remedy for these kind of things. So let me ask you, I have, um, a note here that I, I, I was just taking notes when you were telling your story. And before you drew the comparison about the, uh, time of year, I noticed that on both occasions you had been in some kind of conflict with your wife when this kind of activity had gotten stirred up. And it makes me wonder, does this thing sense the negative energy between you and your spouse? And maybe that's what really kind of kicks it up. Maybe it is active um, certain times of the year, but when it senses that negativity, that's when it really kind of shows itself. Um, have you ever, have you ever thought about that? Because I mean, surely, I mean, outside of the, that season, you know, I think you said it was November, right? Yeah. Okay. So outside of November, surely you and your wife have had disagreements, you know, and nothing's happened. So I wonder if it's like a combination of the two where it's more active that month and then responds to the negative energy between, a husband and wife. Maybe it had similar issues. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting though. So you mentioned about the, uh, first of all, you moved out of that apartment. Uh, did you move out because of the activity? No, we moved out because it was a pretty rundown apartment. The landlord was a real slumlord. Okay. And we had found a house around the corner. So we decided to jump on that and just move out. We moved out. It was in the wintertime when we moved out of that house, like early spring. Okay. And, and speaking of that house, you, you said 
if I if I heard you correctly, you did say that there was activity in that house as well. That's why you thought, you know, you weren't sure if something was following you. Uh, yeah. What happened that made you think that? Um, I don't think at that point I thought something was following me. But I know... When we, when we first moved in, whatever... Whatever, whatever we were seeing, my 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 wife and my daughter were seeing it first, and it was a, it was a, 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 a little boy. You know what I mean? And the age of the little boy would be the same age of our son if he was still alive. Because we had a son that that passed away at birth, and so that's when the subject came out. Like, oh, could it be the spirit of of, of the boy of, of our son? Blah 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 blah. But that wouldn't be where I think that that's where I would have got the bad feeling from. That that was definitely. If it was anything, it was that old, old man that passed away in that house. So I don't know if, if something followed me. I never got that bad feeling in, in the new house when we moved into the new house. Like that, that, that part of it was done. Well, so, all right. So there wasn't a whole lot of activity in the other house. Um, no. And it, nothing, nothing conclusive that you could say, yeah, definitely something's following me. Uh, but it, it is interesting, at least. Now, um, I do remember in throughout our email conversation, you did send me a video. Uh, would you yeah. want to talk about that at all? That all happened in the in the new house. Okay. The last house I lived in before I moved around a lot. Like the last house I lived in, that was after the Ridge Avenue, and that's where a lot of stuff happened in that house. Nothing really bad, but a lot of stuff happened there, and uh, it all started out. When I first moved in there, that's when my wife was getting scared to sleep upstairs at night because she was saying every time she looked down the hallway, she would see a little boy. And again, I'm here I am again saying to myself, here we go again. And I'm trying to downplay her. Like in the back of my mind, I'm, I believe her, but I feel like if I start getting freaked out, then everybody's going to get freaked out. So I try to stay positive and strong. I'm like, oh, maybe you were just sleeping. Maybe, maybe you were dreaming or something like that. But then my daughter's seen it too. And she started saying she sees a little boy upstairs. And that's what I started thinking. Well, maybe it is the spirit of a little son. Like, I can't say I believe that a spirit can grow with you. But I can't say it don't either. So to make everybody happy and relaxed, yeah, maybe it's the spirit of our son. They never did anything bad. Maybe it was our son, you know. And that's when I was in the basement the one night. And we had a finished room down there. And I had the keyboard down there. My son played the keyboard. We had a dartboard set up. We had um, I had my laptop down there, down there and stuff. And we were, I was down there. And what happened was, usually my daughter would sneak up on me. She would come down this basement steps, and I would see her out the corner of my eye. She'd be zipping around the basement, zip, 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 going back and forth, trying to hide behind stuff. And she would come up behind me and scare me. Well, the one night I was sitting down there, and I thought I saw her out the corner of my eye trying to sneak up on me, you know? So I'm, this time I'm like, I'm going to be ready for her. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there I see her zipping around and I see her come behind my chair and I felt like she came under my chair kind of and so I kind of I kind of turned around like ha ah, I got you and when I turned around there was nobody there and that's when I got freaked out like I never got really got freaked in that house I got freaked out and I, I stopped everything I was doing I ran upstairs and I told my wife I said where's Angelisa at well she's upstairs taking a shower I said are you sure she's upstairs in the shower 
Yeah, she's upstairs taking a shower. So I actually went up into the bathroom and opened the door. I was like, are you in there? She's like, yeah, I'm taking a shower. I'm like, are you serious? I was like, what? I said, yo, I could have swore she came down the steps and was trying to sneak up on me. And I saw her out the corner of my eye come up behind me up under the chair. And she's like, no, it was her. It wasn't her. She's in the shower. I'm like, what the heck did I see? I was like, well, you must have saw the little boy that I was, <laughs> I was talking about. And that's when I started getting scared. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, I was afraid to even go down to the basement after that. And I would go down there every now and then. But when I went down, I would take my laptop with me. And I would have it sitting sideways looking down to see if I could actually catch this thing on video. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> like, I know what I saw. There was definitely something there at the corner of my eye. And uh, we were down there the one day. Me and my son, we were playing the keep. He was, I was on the keyboard and he was playing the dartboard, but he was doing pretty good. He was hitting bullseye. So I'm like, you know, let me, let me, let me record him. So I pulled up my old phone. It was the, the HTC Evo when it first came out. And I was always happy to use the camera on that. So I pulled the camera out and I'm videotaping him throwing the darts. And at first, as I'm videotaping him, a couple, a couple like, like a half a minute into it, I, I thought I saw a bug fly across the screen. So I kind of like, like, I, like I'm, you can't really see in the video of me jerking back, but my head kind of jerked back, and I looked to see if there was something there. I don't know if it was like a piece of fuzz or like a, a spider or something came down, but I thought I saw something go across the screen real quick. Then that was it. And so it wasn't until then, like the next day that I put the, 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 I plugged the phone into the computer, and as I'm watching it, I see something zip across the screen. So I'm like, what the heck is that? And so I, I take my, my quick time and I'm playing the video and I'm going frame by frame and I see these freaking little orbs flying around the screen. And I know I explained to you every second where I thought I seen them. If you watch that video closely, there's more. And there's more flying around at different parts of the screen. It wasn't just two of them. And I told my dad about that. He came to the house. He's like, yeah, there's... Probably is just a spirit, you know. He comes over. He's like, "Well, take me down so I can see," you know. And I saw him take down. He's like, "If there's any spirits in this room, could you please show yourself?" And I was like, "I was like, yo, first of all, don't do that here." I was like, "Why? You're not gonna do nothing." I said, "Don't do that here." I said, "When you leave, I'm the one that got to be here when that this thing decides he wants to show itself." <laughs> right. You no. Know? I pretty much told him to stop, like stop, and that was it. That was the last. That was the last talk. That kind of talk in the house. And so after that, it was pretty quiet for a while. Like things weren't happening. My, my wife wasn't talking about seeing the little boy. My daughter wasn't saying it, seeing it. I wasn't seeing nothing trying to sneak up on me in the basement. It wasn't until like next year at that time where I was at work. And my wife calls me on the phone. She's like, yo, Angelique's seen something. I'm like, wait, I'm like, well, she's seen what? She said, I don't know. I was in the kitchen washing dishes and she starts freaking out, telling me that something was going to hit me in the head. And she was telling me to duck. It was going to hit my shoulder. And I'm like, well, what was it? You know? Because I, I, I wasn't thinking ghost at that point. She's like, I don't know. She told me she saw a girl walking. I'm like, well, okay. So she saw a ghost? Yeah, she's seen a ghost. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'll talk to you when I get home, you know? And so I started asking her. I'm like, so you've seen, you seen a ghost in the kitchen? She's like, yeah, I've seen a ghost in the kitchen. I said, what was it? She said, it was a girl. I said, what did she look like? Well, she she had a blue face and a blue dress, and when she said like when she said blue face, that's what really made it weird to me. Like I was like, oh my, like a blue face. I said, you sure it was a blue face? Yeah, blue face, blue dress. She was walking up by the cabinet and she went right out the window. 
And I was like, so you're telling me she was walking up in the air? Yeah, she was walking up in the air. And she said it was a little girl. It wasn't it wasn't a, a woman standing there. It was a little girl. She was up in the air, and as she was walking, she thought she was going to hit my wife's shoulder with her feet. And that's when I started asking my neighbors. I, I, I said, hey, did, this, did the last person live here have kids? Did anybody die in the house? And the guy across the street was telling me that he knew the original owner of the house who had it built. And he said that as far as he knew, she, she didn't have any kids, and she died in the hospital. After that, there was a, uh, a priest that lived there. He didn't have any wife, never had any kids. So I'm like, okay. After that, another guy bought the place, and he's the one that actually rented it out to me, and he never actually lived in it. So basically, I was like one of the first people in there that had kids. So I'm like, what? Well, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no one's ever died in the house. No one's ever had any kids in the house. Why was there? Why did my daughter see a ghost of a little girl walking up in the air, out towards the out out the kitchen window? It sounds crazy, but it's just it, it is crazy. Like <laughs> I believe her, but it just don't make any sense. Yeah, that's trippy, man. That really is. I mean, that that can trip you out because when, especially when you learn about the history of the house and find out that you're the really the first one to live there with the kids, it doesn't make sense. All I could think of was maybe before the house was built, maybe the land was a little different. And maybe there was people that walked around that maybe, I don't know, maybe they moved a bunch of dirt just to build the house there. You know what I mean? Like, because where I live at is right by, I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but you have Buck Boyle Park down there. And there's uh, by Front Street, there's a huge factory there where they made bottled water and stuff back in the days. Mm-hmm. So basically behind the house was a river. Behind the house, about a block down, there's a river. I don't know, maybe at one point there was something else there before the house was built. I don't know, but... I'd be interested to find out if there was anything that happened at that river, you know, like a little kid dying, drowning or something, because when <laughs> when you said that your daughter was saying that the little girl had a, I think you said a blue dress and, and a blue face, Yeah, the blue face made me think of somebody who... At first, for whatever reason, and maybe uh, my first thought was somebody who drowned or uh, suffocated. Just that, and and it just makes me wonder. You know, was there maybe an accident, and your house is the closest building to where the accident was, and also that you do have kids? Maybe that's something that is attracting. I don't know. Yeah. Now that you're saying that, I do notice that. It was always, whenever whenever this thing was around, when I saw it anyway, it was always when I was downstairs, just like when I saw when I thought I saw my daughter coming up on me, and when I saw the orbs, it was at a time when we were downstairs playing the keyboard. Now that you're saying that, but we were down there playing the keyboard. Maybe that attract. Maybe that could have attracted them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's really all theory at this point. I mean, until you have some kind of facts to stand on. Uh, but I mean, it's just, it, it's intriguing because, all right. So when you, let me ask you this too. Uh, when you felt like your daughter was sneaking up on you and you, and she wasn't there, did you hear anything? Did you, or was it just a, a feeling? It was just, a, I, I, I seen it, you know, at the corner of my, I seen it. It was not, I, I didn't feel anything, 
until it got close to me. Like, I knew she was back there. Like, in my mind, I knew she was back there. So I was like, let's do it. So I turned around and boom, there was nobody there. And the only way I can describe it is at the corner of my eye, it almost looked like a little, I don't want to say it looked like the Tasmanian devil, but when you watch the cartoon, he's zipping around, zip, 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 and he's going over, all over the place like a little tornado. That's what it reminded me of. It was, it was just zipping around, boom, 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 boom. This side, of the, this side of the basement to the other side of the basement. Like, it was definitely sneaking up on me. And it went up behind my chair. And it was small. That's why I thought it was my daughter. Because my daughter's she was seven years old at the time, but she was real, she's real short for her age. So whatever it was was real small. So that's why my impression was it was my daughter sneaking up on me, you know? Yeah. And when I turned around and did anything there, that's when it was like a, like a, it was just a shock. All right, so before you saw that white image in the field walking, okay. did you ever have any kind of experience before that? Or was that the first thing you've ever experienced that was paranormal? That was the first thing I ever, ever experienced for myself, yeah. And you said, did you say that was 2008? That was like 2000, and my son was... That had to be 2005 or 2000, 2004, 2005. Okay. So we're, we're talking about, you know, 12, 13 years. That's, yep. that's really interesting. I, I just find that interesting that your entire life, nothing. And then that one incident in Bethlehem almost seems like it was a domino effect now over the last 12, 13 years. And I, yeah. I, I just, I wonder if, if that, if that initial incident triggered something you know i i don't know i'm i'm not an expert on it or anything i just just thinking out loud here but uh i do find that really interesting the thing that got me about that first incident was not the fact that i seen the ghost but it was my dogs that seen it you know what i mean if it wasn't for my dogs i never would have seen it because i was just standing there kind of i was half asleep i'm out there just standing there smoking a cigarette and I'm looking up to see what they're growling at, you know what I mean? And they didn't chase it, but they were just kind of standing there just, just in full attack mode, but they, they didn't go and try and chase it. Like, they were scared, too, because they had no idea what it was. That's what gets me about it. Like, when I explain it to people, the biggest surprise for me was that the dogs seen it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> dogs seem to have that, that, that extra sense to see these things, to sense them. You know, we, I'm sure you've hear, heard stories like that before. You know, I've had just uh, last week I had a Bigfoot show and, and Sean said that his dogs saw the Bigfoot first. And that's what, that's what, caused, that's what caused him to see what he saw. And uh, so, I mean, dogs seeing these things, uh, it's, it's, that, that's very interesting that um, you wouldn't have seen that unless they acted the way they acted. Yep. Huh. So let me ask you, before we get out of here, uh, I always like trying to ask the guest a question based on what we're talking about. And so uh, I wanted to ask you, of all these experiences, uh, what do you think ghosts in general are? Do you think they're spirits? Do you think they're demonic? Do you think they're energy? What are your thoughts on the idea of ghosts and Ghosts and things like that. Well, as far as like the energy they give off, like I feel like a ghost is what it was when it was alive. So 
like just just from my experiences because when I when I saw the little kid zipping around the basement, he wasn't angry. He wasn't giving me a bad vibe. He was just a kid. And as far as the bad vibe that I got from the old man, that was a whole different experience. And I mean, he, he didn't actually like show himself to me, but what I felt from him, he was he was just, either he was a bad guy or he just didn't like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just feel like. A ghost is, as far as their, how they treat you, if you see one, you're going to get the experience of them of what they were in real life, you know? That's what I feel like. Yeah, that makes sense. I can't say if it's demonic or if it's, I don't don't think it's demonic. Because they're not all, I don't know, I just don't think they're all demonic because growing up, in church with my mom and, and, and learning about the Bible and stuff like that, I'm, I was always taught you go to heaven or hell. Well, obviously, whatever was in my house wasn't in heaven and it wasn't in hell. <laughs> it was somewhere in between, you know what I mean? And it was, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's, if it's trapped there, if that's just where they are. So that's where you are for eternity when, you're, when your spirit leaves you. So it raised a lot of different questions for me, too. Like, <laughs> like what are they and why are they there? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think this, this whole topic that, and not just ghosts, but all these different things with UFOs and aliens, like they, they call, it causes so many more questions than you have answers to. You feel like you get one answer and all of a sudden you have five more questions and you can never keep, you know, keep up and actually solve the mystery. Um, but though, those were really good, thoughtful answers, man. And uh, I, I tend to uh, agree with you. So, um, Jeremy, thanks for coming on tonight and uh, sharing with the audience your experiences in uh, the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. Um, I really appreciate you coming on today. And is there anything you'd like to say before we get out of here? Well, (laughs) as far as my experiences, no, but I will say anybody listening, you know, if you just, uh, I don't know, just talk, like talk. Talk to people, you know what I mean? Like, there's people out there who believe you and just talk to people about your experiences, you know, because I'm learning there's a lot of people out there that go through the same thing and it's better to get off your chest, you know, than to keep it in. And because most of the time you're going to get ridiculed for most people. Just try to reach out and uh, talk about it and get it off your chest, you know. That's basically what I'm doing right now, getting it off my chest. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think... I think these topics are actually quite normal because I think there's a lot more people out there that experience these things. They just don't talk about it. So you encouraging people to talk about it is actually a really good thing because uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that, that are just scared to open up and, and share what they've experienced because of you know possible ridicule. And uh, people like you sharing your story just kind of gives people more confidence to you know share their story as well. So uh, I thank you for that. But, um, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, I really hope that the audience enjoys your stories. And uh, if you have have anything else happen in the future, feel free to contact me. Yeah, sure, no problem. Thanks for having me on. You got it, man. I'll talk to you later.
Well, that'll be the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed listening to it. I certainly enjoyed talking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing the detailed stories that you had for us. I hope everybody has a great week. I'm certainly going to have a good week on vacation where I'll be working on things behind the scenes for the confessionals. I have some big things right around the corner, and I really hope you guys stay tuned for that. But until next week, take care, everybody. Yeah, this one right here goes out to all the babies, mamas, 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 <laughs> baby mamas, mamas. Yeah, go like this. Thank you.